Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. I pray that you'd unveil truth to us this morning. I'm asking, Lord Jesus, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be released. You would draw us in to the knowledge of your will. You'd grant us understanding. And Lord, we love you. We love you. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Now come, I ask, and hold my hand. Let me speak as an oracle this morning. I give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, turn with me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start, I think I'm just going to do a couple of weeks on a message entitled, The Necessity of Singing. The Necessity of Singing. So I'm going to take it easy on you. And then I think I'm going to be real hard on you for a four, about four weeks after that. But we can, be, we can have fun for a couple weeks. I just want to read a few verses from the Bible. You're turning to Ephesians 5. I'm reading. Here we go. Exodus 15, 21. Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he's thrown into the sea. 1 Chronicles 16, 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Psalm 13, verse 6. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Psalm 95, verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 96, verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Verse 2. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Psalm 98, verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. Psalm 98, verse 5. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of a psalm. Psalm 147, verse 7. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God. Psalm 149, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of the saints. Isaiah 12, 5. Sing to the Lord for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Isaiah 42, verse 10. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you coastlands and you inhabitants of them, sing to the Lord. Amen. So, uh, a few weeks ago, I was really feeling stirred about this issue of singing and, and uh, feeling like the Lord was just impressing my heart over this, that, that I, I personally and that we as a community needed to sing more. I just kind of thought, well, God, we sing all the time. I mean, 24-7 singing last time I checked. But uh, I realized that, um, you know, some of this ministry of singing uh, because we have 24 uh, seven worship led prayer meetings, we've kind of relegated it. At least I had to those that uh, are gifted at singing and, and let the people on the platform carry it and uh, found myself in many prayer meetings and many worship environments, just with my mouth closed, just sort of enjoying the time of worship, just enjoying the atmosphere. And I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying the atmosphere But I began to feel the Lord really saying, no, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you sing. And I said, well, Lord, I'm not an approved singer. You know, I mean, just so you know what you're getting when you ask me to sing. Not everybody wants to hear what I got loaded here. But the Lord isn't interested in what we would identify as human gifting. Uh, the, the truth of the matter is that all of our singing sounds not so good compared to what's going on in the throne room right now. That is perfection of sound. And, you know, we are, you know, doing our little best just to croak out a, a nice little verse or two. Even our best singers compared to heaven. I mean, I just wonder what angelic song sounds like compared to just human voices and natural bodies. It's, I'm sure it's not even close. And uh, so we have our grid that we measure, but the Lord has a whole nother grid, and his desire is for his bride to sing. He wants her to sing. He wants you and I to be singers. 
And uh, the more I, I thought about it, you know, I, I realized that one of the chief ministries that I've always felt that I had, whether or not you can appreciate it or not, is the ministry of singing. Singing to the heart of the Lord. Uh, the most precious times I've ever had in prayer. The most precious times I've ever had alone with the Lord. The most precious times I've ever had in congregational worship settings. It's when I was lifting my voice and singing and feeling the flow of the presence of the Lord back and forth, touching my heart and moving to his and his moving to mine. And, and I realized that this issue of singing is not simply for the gifted. It's not just for the platform. It's actually for the bride. It's for the global body. The Lord wants all of us to enter in to this unusual thing called singing. He wants us to sing to him. Well, that makes sense. The Lord sings over us. He sings songs of deliverance and he, and he sings songs of delight over us. Well, of course then, he wants his bride to sing to him. If you can think of the God who's a romantic at heart, I mean, he starts and he ends all of creation in this age and he starts it in a garden and ends it in a garden. He wants this place filled with song. He wants the life of his bride filled with song. He wants to sing songs with his bride. That's our God. He's into it. And so I just want to take a week or two and I want to talk about the necessity of singing. The necessity of singing. And, and I really, I've got, if you don't get anything else I'm getting, what I'm trying to do is get you to sing more. There's the point. That's the one point. I'm trying to get you to sing more. I want you to sing when we're together, when we're singing, when we have corporate worship times, and I want you to sing when you're alone. I want you to be the person that's at work, that's in their cubicle, that's driving the person next to them crazy, because you keep singing. You know, I want you to be the person that's always singing and your roommates get a little bit perturbed because you're always singing. Now, nobody necessarily wants to make the person next to them perturbed, but my point is I want you to have such a flow in singing that it's so natural, it just comes to you like breathing. Now, some of you say, well, I'm not very musical. I'm not really a singer. I don't have to sing. Okay, but if you say you don't have to sing then you're actually ignoring a command in the scripture that's given to us more often than the command to pray and to preach the gospel together. The scripture calls us to sing in the New King James 57 times directly, directly the scripture says, sing to the Lord 57 times in the New King James. 28 more times the, whoever the author is, whether it's a psalm or a prophet, says, I will sing to the Lord. So, I mean, we're up in the, in the 80s, high 80s. The, the, the explicit commands to pray and preach together, total numbers in the scriptures like 25 to 30. And so we're more than twice the number of, of commands to, to sing. It's more than twice the number of commands to pray and preach. Now, I'm not trying to put them against one another. We need to pray. We need to preach. But beloved, I know we take it for granted that singing, you just kind of whatever, but the scripture actually commands us to do it more than praying and preaching. Now, that should give us a hint to the heart of our God and to what he's wanting from his bride. There's a bunch of important songs in scripture, a bunch of times when they sang, and you don't really think of them singing, but they are. When Israel triumphs over Egypt, they sang. That's the, that first scripture that I read, the, the Exodus 15, where they the, the sing to the Lord for he's triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider is thrown in the sea. When Moses, right before his death, when he was prophesying the word of the Lord to Israel, and he was, he was warning them of disobedience and judgment, he actually sings the whole thing and makes the whole nation of Israel learn it. That's pretty intense. They're singing songs that are warnings against their backsliding. Well, when David triumphed over Goliath, the song got so well known that even in the land of the Philistines, 
They had this song about David, how he had slain his ten thousands. And that was a song that got him in trouble because when Saul heard that song, remember there's a little comparison there. Saul has slayed his thousands and David his ten thousands. Saul kind of went, I like that tune. Saul has slayed his thousands. What did they just say? David has slayed his how many? Did they say 10,000? Tell David I want to have a meeting with him. When Deborah and Barak triumphed, they sang. When Solomon dedicated, they sang. Dedicated the temple, they sang. They sang, the Lord is good, his mercy endures forever. And what happened? The glory of the, God, uh, of the Lord fell. The fire of God fell. When Israel came from Babylonian captivity, they sang. It says their mouth was filled with laughter and their tongues with, with singing and shouting. They sang when they came back from Babylon. Basically, the whole book of Psalms is songs. That's what it is. Song of Songs, the whole book is songs. You may not know this, but the book of Lamentations is songs. Jeremiah is walking around the ruined city, looking over the destruction the Babylonian army has brought on on, uh, Jerusalem, and he's singing the laments over the the judgment of the Lord. Chapter 3 of the book of Habakkuk is a song. Well, chapter 3 of the book of Habakkuk is a prophetic vision that Habakkuk had of Jesus returning, and the whole thing is a song of instruction. And then night and day around the throne, they never cease to sing. They never cease to sing. So I want to take a few moments. I just want to go through the virtues of singing. I spent some time doing some research this week looking at singing. And while I'm doing this, I want you to ask yourself, how much do you sing? How much do you sing? I, you know, I thought, well, I sing all the time, but I, you know, I, as I paid attention to how much I sing, I realized I, I don't really sing that much. I listen a lot. I sing when I like the chorus, or I sing when it's my favorite song. Come on. I sing when the style is just right for me. But none of the admonitions in Scripture say anything about, if you like it, sing to the Lord. If it's your favorite song, sing to the Lord. If it's your musical style, sing to the Lord. None of that. It just says sing. It just says sing. So there's a bunch of virtues of singing. I'm going to go from natural and physical to spiritual. First virtue. Singing has healing power. It's crazy. You can Google this yourself, but I did a little research using Google this week, and I found out that they've got singing therapy for multiple kinds of sicknesses and and diseases and and emotional things and physical things. Some of the most interesting to me were the things that they've got singing treatments for people with Alzheimer's. They'll have people with Alzheimer's, they can't remember their family, they can't remember their friends, they can't remember anything. They'll take them to these singing therapy classes And they'll begin to play oldies from when they were young. And all of a sudden, they can remember them. And the words come back to them. And all of a sudden, they begin to sing them. And now they're singing, whereas they couldn't remember anything. Now they're singing. And the reason why is it's it's, uh, referencing regions of their brain that they haven't been using, using. It's a different region for singing than it is for talking. I don't know if you knew that. And so... uh, and so they begin to sing. Well, what happens is over time, uh, the, their spouse and family members will record that after they've been singing for a while, when they come home, all of a sudden they begin to recognize things they didn't recognize before. People and names, and, and they, they, can, they begin to get a measure of healing just through singing. I mean, the Lord knew what he was doing. There's a, a, another thing called aphasia, which... Aphasia, we would, we would think of that as someone who's mute. They can't speak, but not with, because of their tongue, because of their brain. And they treat aphasia with singing, and they find out that they can actually teach people. They can teach them how to speak because where their brain has been uh, damaged and they, they're, they're not able to speak in certain regions, when they sing it accesses different regions, they can begin to teach them to speak because they, they remember through song. It's powerful. 
Well, people with uh, strokes that have lost the capacity to speak, they teach them how to speak again through singing. People with great anxieties, emotional issues, anger, all sorts of stuff, they find that if they'll take them through singing therapies, all of a sudden they just, their heart just begins to relax and open up. I'm not even talking about worship. I'm just talking about singing. The Lord gave the properties in your physical body. He constructed you in such a way that it's actually better for you physically if you sing. Singing, it, it, it uh, accesses both sides of your brain and it causes something unusual to happen in your, in your brain patterns. You know, they even have a treatment right now for autism where they take children who are autistic, who are always in their own world. They won't communicate with anybody. They'll get them in these singing therapy sessions and they'll, they'll, they'll teach them to sing and it'll, it brings them out of being in that autistic state where they're completely locked down and in their own little like prison, own little world. It's powerful. So number one, virtue of singing is it has healing properties. It has the power to, to move in your physical body in a way that's unusual. Well, secondly, it affects, like I said, both parts of your brain. And why that's important is it helps you to remember. You ever notice you can remember the words to a song that you don't want to remember anymore now that you're saved? But you can't remember like what you did yesterday? It's amazing how that works. But singing, because uh, music and then the... It's the actual, the, the, the beat patterns. You know, the, the music, it, it touches the, uh, the right side of your brain. And then the beats and the, the actual, you know, specific, uh, uh, the mathematic side of it touches the left side of your brain. And both of those connect. And when both sides of the brain are moving together, the, uh, the memory engages in a way that, that is unusual. And they've done, they've done scientific studies on children. Okay, anybody that's homeschooling, listen up. And what they do is they get um, the, the Baroque music that's generally at 60 beats for, per minute and they teach them vocabulary words with this music and they found that uh, not only does, do they have a, a greater recall when it comes time for testing, but when they actually test and they play the music that they learned the stuff to in the background, it's, I mean, it's like the recall is like multiple times stronger and better. It's amazing the effect of singing and music on the brain. All right, thirdly, virtue of singing. It humbles you. Singing humbles you. No one wants to sound like a rooster crowing. And some of us do when we sing, but that's okay. But here's the thing. I realize that if I am singing to the Lord, or if I'm singing to my wife, yes, I do that, or if I'm singing to my child, my sons or my daughters, my daughter, if I'm singing, it puts me in a position that's subservient or submissive to them. I'm serving them through song. And there's something about when you come before the Lord with a song, in a sense, you're like, you're like the court jester who's dancing or or, or playing before the, the king to get him to, to, you know, enjoy himself. But when you and I come before him with a song, we are submitting ourselves to the Lord in a way that's just automatic. It's hard to be arrogant when you're singing to God. <laughs> you just humble yourself. I wonder sometimes if the reason why I haven't sung or the reason why some of us haven't sung is we're just a little bit too full of ourselves. You know, you just kind of stand there. Praise the Lord. You're all dignified. Singing's for the guy on the platform. I'll just sit here. Some of us, we just endure the worship. Just wait till it's over. You know what I'm saying? It's going to go a long while anyway. I can show up 30 minutes late. I'll just get in on the last few minutes. We just kind of wait and endure this thing that the Lord actually wants our hearts to engage in and flow with him in. 
sometimes it's, it's honestly just an arrogance issue. Not every time, but sometimes. I know for me, there's been times when I've been in worship and it's like, I love you, Lord, but I don't want to look stupid. Something about when you just open your voice, open your mouth and lift your voice, you automatically are, are submissive. You automatically are subservient. You automatically humble yourself through this thing called singing. He sings to us. We should definitely sing to him. So it humbles you. Fourthly, it calls your heart into abandonment. It's kind of hard to remain stoic and guarded and serious if you're singing a lot. You ever notice that people that sing a lot are kind of like free-spirited? Do you ever notice that? Their hearts seem to be more open and, and flowing. And a lot of times we don't sing because we don't want to be open-hearted. We just want to be, you know, in control and lock ourselves down. But I tell you, when you find somebody that's free-spirited and, and open and abandoned in heart, a lot of times they just automatically sing. And the singing and the open-heartedness, they go right hand in hand. And I think that's the Lord for us. I think he wants us to be a flowing, open-hearted, abandoned bride. In fact, I know that. He wants us to be one that continually offers our heart just freely to him. And song is one of the most easy escorts into his presence. It's one of the most easy escorts into an abandoned, uh, kind of just given heart posture with the Lord. It's a massive virtue of singing. It will break the crust off of you. It will. You ever, you ever woken up and just been just in a funk and just having a bad day? The last thing you feel like doing is singing in that environment. But I'll tell you what, if you, if you are in that place where you're just kind of locked down and and your heart is closed down, it, it, it might take a bit of intentionality, but if you will decide to sing to the Lord, something will move. Something will open up. Your heart will move. It's amazing how that funk will get right off of you many, many times. It's called rejoicing in the Lord. You rejoice in the Lord even in the midst of trials and it causes a buoyancy, a life to fill your soul. Beloved, singing does that. Singing to the Lord does that. It breaks you out of your stiff, stoic, you know, just, just walled off kind of, I'm just here being cool kind of place and it gets your heart flowing and, and releases something where your, your emotions are now moving and I've been, I've, been in, I've been experimenting with this the last uh, few weeks, just singing. And uh, the other day I went back to the sound booth and had a question or something for the sound person. And as I walked back there, they were laughing at me. And I said, well, what's funny? They said, I could hear you singing all the way from the front row. I just didn't expect that. You're kind of like over the top of everybody. <laughs> and they're just laughing. But you know what was funny? I laughed with them. I didn't take it personally. I wasn't like... Why are you laughing at me singing, huh? What's wrong with you? Are you not singing? You need to be singing too. If you had been singing, you would have heard me. You know, I didn't do any of that. I, just, I was like, yeah, I was singing. I was just, blah, you know, just singing. And my heart's free, flowing. You know, just getting, just, just getting out of that stoic, serious, you know, encroached kind of place. You know, it's, it's this expressive thing. That the Lord wants from our hearts. He wants our hearts to be open and abandoned. So, there's the first four. It has healing virtues. It helps your memory because it uses both sides of your brain. It humbles you. Calls you into abandonment. And then Psalm 100. Now, you're in Ephesians 5. You can just hang out there. But Psalm 100, look at this, verse 2. It's going to come up on your screen. Singing is an escort into the presence of the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Come before his presence with singing songs. Isn't that crazy? Now think about this. He goes, I love you. I died for you. You're my son, my daughter. You're my bride. Oh, I love you so much. When you come in, when you show up at my house, when you come into my room, could you just sing when you come in? Just sing me something. 
I'm like, Lord, are you serious? Because, uh, 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 uh. I mean, I got nothing. He goes, I just want to hear you. My wife and I were talking the other day, and I was saying, you know, it's just amazing how the times when I've felt the Lord's presence probably the most in my life where I've engaged so deeply. It's when I'm singing to the Lord. And she goes, you know, I know that. She goes, I know there's been times when I haven't sung, and then I'll just start to sing. She goes, and immediately I feel that rush of his presence just just cover me and escort me right into his presence. She goes, just as I begin to lift my voice, well, beloved, that's the Bible. Come before his presence with singing. He wants to give you an escort into the presence of the Lord. And it's amazing, so often we'll be standing on the outside and we're saying, I want you, I want to feel you, God. Help me, God, take me in, God. He goes, if you'll sing, you're going to enter my gates. You're going to enter my courts. With thanksgiving and praises, you're going to come before my presence with songs. Man, that's powerful. You know what I want when, I, when we come together here? I want to feel the Lord. <laughs> I, I want to feel the Lord. I, I, don't, I mean, I, I want to see you and high five them and all that. But ultimately, I want to feel the Lord. If I see you and high five that person and yay and I preach some word, but I don't feel the Lord... That's a bit of a bummer. I want the Lord's presence. Do you know what I'm saying? And what if we all decide that more than our pride are looking cool, and I don't think you guys are the prideful looking cool group that much, that much. But what if we decide, you know what, we're just gonna go abandon with this thing. The Lord promises us then in Psalm 100, he's gonna escort us before his presence. I don't know about you, but I could use a little deeper dose of the presence of the Lord. My soul is always telling me I was made for more than what I'm experiencing right now. And there's a place where you and I, Ephesians 2 says, we're being built together as the habitation, the dwelling place of God. We're being built together as that. And so the point becomes this. There's a place in God that I can't go. I cannot go there unless you go too. We go together as the corporate dwelling of God. We go together as the body of Christ. It's amazing how this thing works with singing. You have a voice. I have a voice. But the bride doesn't have a voice unless we both give our voice. (laughs) And there's something about this corporate thing when we will come together and sing and the Lord will escort us before his presence. Oh, beloved, the simplest way into the presence of the Lord is to come before his presence with singing. It's amazing that that's what he would want. I'm finding this, that most of the things that the Lord asks us for are the simplest things. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. Thank God he doesn't say, come before my presence with calculus in your hand. A whole bunch of us would be out. Come before my presence with straight A's. Come before my presence with, you know, a million dollars. Come before my presence. I mean, he goes, just sing. Just sing a little song for me. Just sing. He makes it so simple. He blesses things that are so simple. He blesses things that anybody can do. He goes, you want perfect strength? You want the strength of God? I go, yes, God. He goes, just be weak. I go, that can't be that easy. He goes, yeah, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. And that's what I realize is going on with the singing thing. It's really about being weak. It's just about being weak before God. Here I am. I don't even sing good. Now, some of you guys sing really good, but I mean, I'm going, I don't really sing good, but you want to hear me. Here I go, you know, and he likes that. That's the heart of our God. He makes it so simple. Anybody can do it. Come before my presence with singing. Billy, when you show up, just sing to me, would you? It blesses my soul. And so I come to realize this, that my number one ministry is not to be the leader of the house of prayer or to be a preacher or to be whatever, whatever. My number one ministry is to sing songs to the heart of the Lord. It's truly my ministry. 
He wants me every time I show up to sing to him. It blesses his soul, blesses his heart. It delights him to hear my voice. Okay, next. Number six. Singing is an expression of joy and rejoicing. You know what I find? You can express your joy by shouting and singing or when you're feeling dull and and in a funk, you can actually get into joy by rejoicing and singing. It, It works both ways. But look at this, Psalm 126. It's on your screen. It says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. I love that language. He goes, it's like we were in a dream. Can you imagine Israel living in Babylon for 70 years? Now they had the prophecies through Jeremiah that at the end of 70 years, the, the Lord is going to take them out of captivity. And Daniel recognized that and begins to pray that stuff in Daniel 9. But I think the, the vast majority of the group didn't get it. They don't, I don't think they all had that kind of in their minds. Daniel is crying out for the Lord to release justice and to make his prophetic word true. And then in the first wave, 50,000 of them come back from captivity. Well, they're walking, you know, hundreds of miles across the desert. And, and the psalmist says, it was like we were in a dream. We've been living in, in captivity in Babylon. And here we are walking across the desert. And it's, like, it's like some kind of a dream we were in. Because we were like those who dreamed. And then our mouth was filled with laughter. They're walking across the desert. They start getting filled with the Lord's presence, with the joy of the Lord, and they begin to laugh. They're in the desert. It's hot. It's not fun. 50,000 of them are filled with joy and laughter. Oh, I love that. I love comparing that to what it looked like when the, the children of Israel came out of Egypt. When they came out of Egypt, they were grumbling. Here the Lord helps them out. He goes, you know what? Boom, let me fill your mouth with laughter. He said, it's like we were dreaming. We began to laugh. And then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. They were singing songs. They're trooping across the desert in the sand. It's hot. They're going back to a completely destroyed Jerusalem. They're going back to a very challenging place, but they're singing and laughing. Why? They're rejoicing in the victory of God. They're rejoicing in the victory of God. There's something about when the Lord works on your behalf, when you sing a song of victory, I'm telling you, there's something about that that it it, it has a an escort into joy. You're happy and he makes you happier when you sing to him. The next time you get some sort of minor blessing, sing a thanksgiving to the Lord. Now do it. (laughs) Our, Our dog just learned how to ring the bell to go out. Praise God. If a puppy, he's ringing the bell now. I'm going to sing a thanksgiving to the Lord for that one. But no matter what, I was just trying to think of the silliest thing I could think of. But you get something where the Lord has clearly moved on your behalf. Sing a thanksgiving to him. Sing, sing a praise to him. Rejoice in him with song. There's something sweet about it. Look, then the nations took notice then they said among the nations, they go, well, those guys are like singing and laughing and like walking across the desert and happy. And it says, they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And he goes, and the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Beloved, this is our portion. Our portion is to be a singing people, rejoicing with song all the time. The bride is supposed to be rejoicing with song so that the unsaved look at us and they go, whoa. You like are happy. We go, the Lord's done great things. They go, yeah, the Lord has done great things. And we go, yeah, he has. And I am so glad about it. The singing, rejoicing bride is a testimony to the lost. Come on. The singing, rejoicing bride is a testimony to the lost. They take notice and they go, man, God's moving for you. You go, absolutely. He can move for you too. 
Now here's the thing. If the singing rejoicing bride testifies to the loss of the greatness of God and his hand moving in strength for her, what does the grumbling complaining bride testify of? Come on now. We got to be a singing people. Some of this takes a little intentionality. I, I won't, I won't, I'll be honest. I mean, I, a few weeks ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to sing every time there's a known worship song in every prayer meeting, every, every corporate prayer meeting, and, and every uh, corporate worship environment. Anytime there's a known worship song, I'm going to sing all of it that I can. I started off, I was like, all right, blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, I got this. Three songs later, I'm like, he gives and takes away. You know, you know, I got to sing. I had to grab myself and make myself sing. And all of a sudden, after a minute, I was lifted to sing. I was lifted to sing. I realized, man, this is not just something I do when I feel like it. This is a ministry to his heart. I want to sing and rejoice. I want to be one that expresses the joy of the Lord in good and in bad. I want to sing and rejoice in his salvation, whether it's going good for me or whether it's going rough for me. It doesn't matter. He's good. The singing, rejoicing bride, she is a sign to the lost of the goodness of our God. What a, what a great opportunity to easily testify to those around you that don't know the Lord. All right, next. Singing is the key way, or I should say a key way, that the Lord expresses his delight in us. The Lord delights in us through singing. Now look at Zephaniah 3, it's on your screen. You're in Ephesians 5. I didn't want to make you turn to all these, you know. Zephaniah 3, you know it. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. He sings to us. He dances and sings to us. Our God. Our God dances and sings to us. What an amazing thought. You can't sit there with a stoic kind of crotchety attitude when Jesus is dancing and singing. Come on, get in the game with him. He is singing over you, rejoicing over you, delighting over you. He's loving you. Oh, I want to hear it. I can't wait for the day when the king of kings sings to me and I hear it all. I mean, I'm going to guess he's a good singer. He's a good singer. What's it going to sound like when the voice of many waters, he said his voice sounds like many waters, you know, like, like Niagara Falls or something. When that voice of many waters, it's lifted in song. To express his love and delight in us. Well, he's singing over us now. We just haven't kind of tapped in to hear it yet. There's a day coming when all the veils go away. When, when time and eternity mesh and, 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 and all the veils go away. And we're going to hear that with our own eyes. We're going to see him. We're going to hear it with our own eyes. We're going to hear it with our own ears. We're going to see him with our eyes and hear it with our ears. We're going to hear him sing the voice of many waters. That one whose beauty itself the perfection of beauty, singing. What is that going to be like, beloved? It's one of the chief ways he expresses his delight in you. How much more should you sing and express your delight in him? I was thinking about this. You know, his voice is the sound of many waters. Well, the bride is also described as having the voice as the sound of many waters there at the end of Revelation. When all the saints together from all the ages are, are saying things in unison, it says, and, and she had the, 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 the bride is the voice of many waters. He has the voice and sound of many waters. And we together have the voice as a sound of many waters. You know what? He wants our many waters voices, our many voices singing together 
as a comparable match for his voice that sings over us. Oh man, it's beautiful. Who is our God that he would sing to us? Oh, the humility of our God that he would sing to us. The bridegroom who woos his bride with songs. That's who he is. Oh, it's powerful. Ephesians 5. Let's just look at that. There's two chief ways that the Apostle Paul deals with the issue of singing. And in, in both, both times, it's in Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3. He says that you're going you're gonna to sing and you're going to use psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And, and both times he's talking about engaging your heart with the Lord. Now look at Ephesians 5. Verse 15. He says, see then that you walk circumspectly or wisely. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, the context is really, really important here. Earlier in the chapter, he's dealing with, you know, uh, the issues of sin and besetting sins. And in Ephesians 4, he's, he's giving them instruction of, about how not to get tangled up in besetting sins. And he says, okay, you're living in an evil day. You're living in an evil time. He goes, you've got to be wise about how you behave yourself considering the days are evil. You've got to make, make the most of your time. Look at verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation or a waste, but be filled with the Spirit. And this is just the most simple thought. I really, I've, I've noticed this a lot, but for some reason, when I noticed it this last two weeks, I just, it just was like, whoa. It's clear, it's explicit in the scripture. He goes, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Everybody wants to be full of the Spirit. I've had literally in my life, Thousands of people say, pray for me. I want to feel the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I could have easily said, you know what? Here's Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. Let me just write your prescription. Go do that because that will be an escort for you to be filled with the Spirit. He goes, don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. And he goes, and this is how to do it. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You want to be filled with the Spirit? Sing, beloved. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Sing. Is the, is, are the days evil? Is the, is the time short? Is it a difficult hour? Sing. That's what he's saying. You want to stay out of sin? Sing. That's what he's saying in Ephesians 5. It's powerful. Now, the, the language there's a little funny. I go, speak to one another in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, huh, I'm speaking, and I'm doing it to one another, I'm using psalms, what's he talking about? And I remember, you know, back in the day, we used to have, you know, in worship, not, not here per se, but uh, I've seen this in many places, where, you know, during the middle of the, the worship set, the, the guy's leading worship, he goes, now just turn and sing to your neighbor. And you, and you, <laughs> And it's like, awkward, you know. I don't want, okay, blessed be the name of the Lord. And you're not, you don't want to look at them. You're kind of looking past them, singing to them. And then occasionally you get the person that's like, got to have eye contact. And they're like singing right, singing you down, you know. It's like, okay. And I'm like, if we never have to do that again, I will be real happy. Because it, to me, it's the easiest escort out of the presence of the Lord to have to sing to my neighbor who I don't know. But that's not what that's talking about. They're trying to obey that, but that's not what that's talking about. Verse 19, speaking, that, that word speaking simply means lifting your voice, uttering, opening your mouth. 
Make some noise. That's what it's saying. Speaking. Get it out of your mouth. The, the, the two one another. It's, it's got a, it's got, I won't go into it in, in, in detail because I don't know that I totally understand it. I'm not a Greek guy, really. Uh, I just kind of read what they say and then spit it back out. But essentially, it's, it's a reflexive idea. It, it, it just means, it, it means this, amongst each other, with each other, we do this together. The speaking to one another is, can easily be, we're doing it all with one another. Amongst ourselves. It's talking about congregationally. That's really what it's talking about. Congregationally. Now you can do the responsive singing and we do that. You know, because some would say, well, that's just talking about responsive singing. I think it probably is to a certain extent. And you'll see it where, you know, maybe I'll pray something and then a singer will sing. Or, you know, we have the different singers and they sing different things. And there's responsive singing, call and response. It's antiphonal. Many voices is what that is. Many voice singing. So I, I think it has a, a, uh, an aspect of that. But I think ultimately, really, it's just saying, lift your voices all together. With one another, we lift our voices all together. And you do it with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You're singing with grace. You're singing with melody. Uh, you're singing with, with uh, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And we're flowing together congregationally. This is what it's talking about. That we're flowing together with one another we're singing the song of the Lord together, psalms and hymns. And that is, the, that is the, the quickest explanation of how Paul says, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, do this. So if you show up to the prayer room or you show up on a, on a Sunday or to a service and you're feeling dry and you're like, I need to touch from the Lord. The, the quickest thing to do is to sing with the congregation of the righteous. Because don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit, and do it by singing. That's what Paul's explanation is. To fend off sin, to make the most of your time because the days are evil, and how to be filled with the Spirit. Sing. Man, that's awesome. Singing. Because you want to be filled with the Spirit? Sing. Now in Colossians 3, just flip over there. I'm going to go ahead and land. And I'm going to give us a little time to sing together. He's giving the same exact teaching. He says, verse 16, he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual." Spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Well, what's interesting is to the Ephesians, he says, you want to be filled with the Spirit? Sing with one another. To the Colossians, he says, you want the Word to dwell in you richly? Sing the Word with one another. Isn't that interesting? Filled with the Spirit, Ephesians, sing. Colossians, get rooted and get the Word dwelling in you richly? Sing. And I've heard Mike Bickle say this, that, the chief way that he gets revelation in the word is through singing the word. It's one of the key ways to, to meditate on the scriptures, actually to open your Bible and actually sing the word. And, uh, and I found that to be a, a great help in my life is when I'll just take a phrase or two and I'll just sing it over and over and over to the Lord. And all of a sudden I'll begin to sing other phrases. And the next thing I know, all, I'm, all of a sudden I'm explaining, I'm giving, I'm giving language to what do these scriptural phrases say. Just through singing the word. Now again, this is not for only rocket scientists. The rocket scientists can do it. This is for anybody. Isn't that amazing? He goes, fill with the spirit, sing. Anybody can do that. He goes, you want the word to dwell in you richly? Sing it. Anybody can do that. So beloved, my, my heart for us is that we would be a people that sing, that we sing together. We sing a lot. We lift our voices in abandonment to the Lord and we're, we're escorted together before his presence. We're escorted together to be filled with the spirit and together we're, we have the word of the Lord dwelling in us richly. Now here's the thing and I'm gonna, I'll, just, I'll do this next week. The thing about songs is so critical at the end of the age. 
I'm going to go into it in detail next week. But the song, the new song, ends up being the thing that is the, uh, it's the, the, the trip hammer for the return of the Lord, the new song. It's stunning. The scripture actually says that the Lord is going to return at the sound of singing, at the sound of a song. And if that be the case, then I want to go ahead and get my practice in now. I want to get to the place where we're singing, flowing in song, flowing in song, and the Lord hears our voice. He's going to return at the sound of our voice. Oh, it's awesome. Okay, amen. Sing to the Lord. Amen. Let's go ahead and let's stand. I'm going to have Nathaniel take us in to a little time of worship. And we'll have our We'll have our information meeting at 12.15. We'll, just, we'll take 15 minutes. So our connection meeting will be at 12.15. But I just want to pray, and I just want to, again, enter back into song with the Lord. Now, some of us, you know what? We need to just, we need to just go ahead and get rid of attitudes that have kept our hearts from singing, from being abandoned. We need to just go ahead and intentionally obey and then let the Holy Spirit carry us as we obey. Now, Lord, we love you. We love you. We do. And this thing about singing, it's so simple, but it's so critical and so important. So I'm asking you, Lord, right now, would you draw us into this this place of singing to and with one another, that we would experience the corporate filling of the Spirit we would truly be that Ephesians 2.22 habitation, that dwelling place of God and the Spirit dwelt together. God, we want the Word to dwell in us richly. We want to be filled with the Spirit. God, we want to sing with the Spirit and sing with the understanding, just like Paul told the Corinthians. We want to flow, have hearts that are flowing, singing, 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 singing to the Lord. So help us, God, to get over ourselves. We need to just be humbled, God. We just need to humble ourselves. Help us. We repent for holding back from you. We know you're not holding back from us. You're singing over us. We want to meet your voice as you sing. We want to meet your voice with songs, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Good, amen. Let's just enter back into singing and worship for a few moments.